so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You've got stuff. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai. The only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. We just watched season six, episode 20, Even Grandmas Get the Blues, which aired on March 2nd, 1991, and is the one where Blanche uses her granddaughter, Aurora. Aurora. To get a date with a man. A man. A man. I almost forgot the opener. Like when when you said picture it, I literally had a moment of panic where I was like, fuck, what's my line? Oh, like in a dream or nightmare, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like the listeners would have understood. And also we could have just started over. But still, like I had a moment of panic where I was like, am I saying the right thing? I don't know. I was like an out of body thing. Wow. Well, I will say you were flawless in your execution. (sighs) Thank you. Because it's become after what, three years now, it's become so natural. Yeah. I say it randomly. I say it at coffee shops. You just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is a podcast, a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. I said venti <laughs> of the Golden Girls. Um, this episode has a lot of fun stuff. This in is it. actually a fun. This is one of the more fun. I mean, I I, I remember this episode a lot because it. Uh, I, I love Blanche in it. I love any storyline that starts with Blanche. I'm as I get older, I find that like because when I was younger, I was all like Dorothy all mm-hmm. the time, and I still am a lot. But as I get older, I'm I'm liking Blanche more and more and more. Blanche is the one that I didn't really ever, but as a kid, I didn't really get, I don't right. think. And now that I am a sexual person, mm-hmm. I think maybe I relate to Blanche in a way that I have never related to the wow. others. Yeah. I love to hear this. I get Blanche. I like Blanche. I also thought this was interesting because this is the, the last time that we see Becky mm-hmm. uh, in the series. And I sort of went back and looked at, all of the Blanche and Becky episodes. But her daughter comes back. Aurora comes back. Does she? Yeah. Remember the dance? The dance recital? That's not Aurora. Who is that? No, that's um, Allison. Um, yeah, oh, my but gosh. I'm who's the, the girl from Curly Sue. No, it's no. another granddaughter? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, I've noticed that uh, in the past, Blanche and Becky's fights are always about Blanche having a problem with something that Becky's doing. Yeah. It's Blanche has a problem with the fact that Becky's fat. Blanche has a problem. She can't accept that Becky wants to get inseminated. Blanche can't accept that Becky wants to have her baby delivered in Miami. Yeah. This time, however, the fight between them isn't about Becky. No, it's about Blanche. Yeah. Blanche fucks up this time. Well, but Blanche Blanche also mm, fucked up the past times, too. Blanche, Blanche became very... There was lots... I mean... Blanche and Becky have a very, really interesting interesting relationship. And I think it's ironic that Becky named her daughter Aurora because the relationship between Becky and Blanche reminds me a lot of, in terms of endearment, Aurora Greenway, the mother, and mm. Emma, the daughter. It, they're very wow. contentious, the two. And they're, it's, the storylines are very similar in a lot of ways. Except Aurora Greenway is a little bit more uptight and hoity. But, but still very sexual. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see the parallels there. Cool. Well, I r- highly recommend that film, by the way, guys. It's it's listed now as sort of like a cheesy chick flick that like 
you know, sappy film, but it actually was the chick flick that started all chick flicks. Like it was the original one and it's, it was written and directed by James L. Brooks who created, you know, taxi and Mary Tyler Moore show and all these great shows. And, and it won all the Oscars, best picture, all of it. It's a great, great, great film. It's my favorite film of all time. I'm just putting that out there. I know. I I'm just to. watching you bask and glow. I love Terms of Endearment. It's so so good. It's it's the found. I was the first script I ever read. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive into this. Let's episode, dive. The let's dive in. It is I the Festival of the Dancing Virgins. Whatever this is, I just want to go to it. Yeah, it does. It reminds me of um, in the proposal when Betty White ha- goes into the woods and does that like dance with Sandra Bullock. You remember that? No. Listeners will because it was a good movie, but uh, but Betty White's character does some weird like like Native American dance in the woods or something. And I would have loved to have seen the women do it when they were Adam yeah. and I at the end of this episode. Um, so there's a, a festival of the dancing virgins and and Sophia has to teach Dorothy how to make a sauce mm-hmm. that has 152 ingredients. 152 ingredients. Like how do you fit all of that into a pot? Also. It's not like you make the recipe considering what all those ingredients are. It's like every year someone adds a new ingredient. Also, red sauce. I mean, I make red sauce from scratch. Thank you. And it doesn't really take that many ingredients. No. Like there's, there's, there's bases and it's, it's, it's primarily just tomatoes. Yeah. I feel like you can make a great red sauce. It seems like if you go over a dozen, like a dozen ingredients, you're starting to, to muddy it. It's a little too much. You take yeah. too much. Too much is happening there. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and Sophia, you know, there's a tradition where you know the mother always mm-hmm. teaches it to the virgin. Why is she daughter? waiting until this age to do it? I don't know. This feels like an, a, an older like this. She's put it off. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Also, yeah, she has maybe other she daughters. Was to do it for yeah. Like I think daughter. you do it like when you're you know. In your 40s, maybe, and your daughter is in her 20s or something. You know what I mean? Like, you you do it when she's starting out in life. Or when she's still a virgin. But anyway, Dorothy can't do it because she's teaching an honors program. Yeah, because she's she's a she's a member of Minsa because she's so smart that she's qualified to teach this honors program. Minsa is like a club for smart people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The little I don't think a lot of people know that. Luke from Modern Family is in Mensa. I got made fun of once. Um, someone used as an argument. She hated me. It was when I worked at this old job, and she she was like, she was trying. She was complaining to my boss about me, and her argument for why she was right in her complaint about me was she said, as a member of Minsa, and she used that as like an explan- a credibility. So now in the office, we always would be like, as former student body president, I think we should go to Whole Foods. <laughs> Dorothy, her outfit was very Halloween-y it was, as well yeah. in this scene. It was. I, I was I, like, I, I oh, I would it. like to see trick-or-treaters come to the door. <laughs> so uh, it, maybe it's fitting that Dorothy was dressed for Halloween because then Blanche walks in looking like the most gorgeous Oh, my God. She wench. looked those boobs. Yeah. Those boobs. I love her in that outfit. I do, too. I mean, I love whenever she, they do theater anytime. It, it, like always, please yes. do more theater. Give me Henny Penny. Yes, oh, Henny give me Penny. B. Arthur as the sheriff. Oh <laughs> God, the best, the best drag performance. I'm sorry, Alaska, the best drag performance ever in the history of drag. Was, is B. Arthur as the, is sheriff? the sheriff? Yes, and I, I have a feeling that Alaska would agree with that. She'll she'll tweet it or something. 
Well, I know Alaska would appreciate that Dorothy is teaching an honors program. 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 Um, I'm teaching an honors program. I love that. Uh, so Blanche comes in. She's auditioning for uh, The Taming of the Shrew. She's going out for Kate, who I believe. It almost sounded like she said shroom. Taming of the Shroom. Taming of the Shroom. Oh, I didn't hear it that way. I heard it that way. Um, was Kate the Julia Stiles part in 10 Things I Hate About You? I never saw it. Wow. You and I had very different childhoods. <laughs> I was listening. That I was wasn't watching, my childhood. That was my teen years. I, yeah, me. Yeah. And you were watching that, and I was first in line to see Evita. Yeah. Different childhoods. I told you I saw Ricky Martin in Evita on Broadway. Yeah, that's a different Evita. And I asked, was it living a Vita Loca in the lady taking the tickets made the same face you're making right now? (laughs) So the old town shrew is auditioning for the play and Rebecca comes by. She needs she needs Blanche to babysit. Casually drops the fact that she's moved to Miami Mm -hmm. and Blanche has promised to babysit. Yeah. And I know Blanche doesn't put up a fight. She doesn't put up a fight about babysitting. She puts up a fight about the baby's name. Yes. Oreo. Little Oreo. (laughs) I love, and I know I've quoted this in other episodes that we've recorded, but um, I love, one of the greatest comebacks to shut Blanche down is is when Blanche is like, Aurora, why couldn't you come up with something more musical, you know, more Southern? And Becky's like, all right, Blanche. (laughs) And her reading of Blanche just... I relate to Blanche in so many ways. So good. I have a one-syllable name as well, and it sucks. Because, like, it's not fun. It's not fun to say. It's like, you know, I mean, Scott, 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 I don't call you that. No, you you don't. I call you H. Allen. That is three syllables. That's That's, one more than me. That's true. But the Scott part, everyone, I I don't know if everyone knows, but my real name is Scott Allen Honinger. And and uh, as a kid, everyone just I, whenever people say stop, I think they're saying Scott. It's really bad. It's because of the one syllable problem. I hear you. When I listen to that song, Voices Carry. <laughs> I don't know that song. What is that? Song? Oh, you do. Hush, keep it down now. Voices Carry. It's like a very whispery song. You know it. It was probably on like four Lifetime movies. <laughs> okay. Um, I also, I know I also always say this whenever there's a baby on the show, I wish there was a way in the eighties and nineties, I guess even now just to make babies look more real on shows. Yeah, it did. It, it, what do you even think it was? It was a doll. It was a doll wrapped in a blanket. The thing is, is a, it's so stiff, Mm -hmm. like not to get dark, but that's a rigor mortis baby that we're looking at. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This isn't sword and scale. I know this isn't sword and scale. That's the baby that the people in the 1800s would pose with after it died. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, I know it's one of those photos. And also the baby has no weight. So whenever the women, whenever somebody (laughs) hands the baby to another person, you have to behave as if that's a baby that weighs more than a doll, but they don't. So it's always very awkward when they fake that weight. It's just, I don't have a solution I don't, <laughs> but maybe just get a more realistic looking. Or just get like a baby. like a like a sack like a sack of potatoes. Well, because no. that would move around, and when you hold it, because the potatoes will move. But then it would be it wouldn't be in the shape of a baby. You could if you wrapped it in a blanket and you tried to pick it up, it would move like a baby because the potatoes would move around as you pick it up. Yeah. Oh, but not like that. I Have wish you ever I seen had a, a sack baby? of potatoes. <laughs> No. I don't think you've ever seen a baby before. No, I've never seen a baby. 
<laughs> so Blanche brings Aurora this audition, to her audition. This audition is, there are so many subtle, like, things happening in this audition that I, I like, when, when, when someone, when he says, like, come sit on my lap, she's like, oh, hello. <laughs> like, oh. it's so many moments. It's so amazing. Um... Her audition is, I mean, you know, she's pushing a baby stroller back and forth. It's not that good. The baby's crying and... and Her auditions are very big with her like, I want you to take me biff by biff. We here at the 4th of July picnic. I don't know. Her... I don't know what I was doing just now. (laughs) I love it, though. I've lost my my edge with Blanche. (laughs) Um... It was not good, but she, I thought, she actually, tried. I loved the audition. I thought it. I thought it. it you know, em, emoted uh, sort of a sexuality, but also a very maternal sexuality. You know, where she was putting it out there, but and being smoky while at the same time saying "baby, baby." I bet. Also, I bet Kate is. If it if it is like Julia Stiles, I'm I've never read or seen the Taming of the Tree, but if it is like Ten Things I Hate About You, okay, that's upsetting. Then she's a high school senior. You don't know how how old is Kate. In the play? In The Taming of the Shrew, yeah. I think she's like a 14-year-old, like a 14 or 15-year-old. Okay. Yeah. So this is what Blanche is going I out I mean, because for. All, of, all of Shakespeare's sort of characters were usually, I mean, unless specified, like love interests were in that range. Okay. Well, I mean, go Blanche. Yeah. You know, really, like, you do you, I could be wrong. Correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. It's just really funny that she's going out for the part of, like, a 14-year-old. Um, but adults play the, those roles all the time. Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't wasn't thirteen. Yeah, but she wasn't fifty five. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever Blanche does, she definitely piques the interest yeah. of uh, what's his nuts. What's his nuts? Who is played by Alan <laughs> Rakins? Rachins? Rachins. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Ooh, he was on La La, Rose's uh-huh. favorite show. Yeah. Um, he was in Showgirls. Mm. Oh, I love Showgirls. That scene Dharma where she fucks Greg. him in the in the hot tub. I have been wanting to fuck in a hot tub ever since like that. Have oh, you seen and that he's scene? he's still working. I have. I've seen Showgirls. It's I've seen so Showgirls. Haven't read Taming good. of the Shrew. Guys. That's so sad. I belong in Mensa. Uh, anyway, so Jason. She catches the eye of Jason. Jason. Uh, and I love um, when she's leaving, he asks her if uh, her and her daughter uh, want to go to the zoo because he thinks Aurora is her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he goes, are you in the book? And she goes, bold print. No, she, no wait, you got to do a smoker here. She's like, bold print. Bold like, print. Yeah. Remember when people said that? I'm in the book. Yeah. People don't say that anymore. No, now... What? Whose numbers are in the phone book these days? I mean, people still do list their numbers. Because um, I have... Who? But I don't know. I don't... I mean, old people? I don't know. Who even has landlines anymore? I do. When will right the, there. When will the book be obsolete? <laughs> I actually have a landline. Oh, you do. <laughs> you old I use man. it. Well, no, I don't. I use it because, like, if I ever have to do interviews or like work things, I don't want. I, I don't want people having my cell phone number, so I use that. Oh, well, yeah. that's... You could also just do like a Google phone number. I, I have think. that as well, and I give that out at bars. Wow, yeah. you really do think of everything. Yeah, when I meet people at bars and I don't know if I if they're crazy or not, I give them my Google Voice number. Meanwhile, back at home on <laughs> Richmond Street. <laughs> The kids in Dorothy's honors, her honors classes are starting to make her feel dumb. Mm-hmm. 
So Sophia tells Dorothy. There's a subtle racist joke in that in that bit. Yes. That's when she comes in. Yes. When she talks about all the. About the Chinese and, kids. And they're foreigners. Well, she didn't say that. She says foreigners. Um, and I forget the exact line, but it, it was a line that's a little like, ooh, wouldn't say that today. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up at you and I said, wait, what did they say? And you went, they, she made a racist joke about Chinese students. Yeah. Well, not just Chinese, just like, you know, foreign students. I mean, she she does it as well in, in a later episode when she's doing that adult education. How dare she say that after what she did for Mario? <laughs> But she does it as well when there's a, I be, there's an Asian American student somewhere in in one of her classes in one of the episodes, and she Jim says, Shu? "I think so." And she's like, "We're never gonna beat you, people, or like whatever." Oh. She says a line like that. Anyway, so Sophia tells her that um, she had the highest IQ of any kid yeah. in all of Brooklyn, yeah. which is of you know, if you know New York City, it's one of the five boroughs. I decided to do a little mathsies. Okay, so. B. Arthur was born in 1922. Yes. Right? So let's say that she had the highest IQ, let's say when she was eight, right? So the census that came out in 1930 oh my God, said Carrie. that in Brooklyn alone, <laughs> there were 2,560,401 residents. Wow. Let's assume half of those are kids. Yeah. That means that Dorothy was smarter than one million two hundred eighty thousand two hundred kids, which... If this is now what Dorothy believes, of course she's going to do the Sunday New York Times crossword puzzle in, in ink. ink. Yeah. It's the hardest one. Yeah, it is. I don't do, I don't like crossword that's puzzles. That's bold as fuck. That is, that is bold. That's something, that's something you have in bold print. In the book. In the book. <laughs> so then Blanche comes in and, oh, oh boy, oh boy. And, well, and the women are kind of like, what are you doing, Blanche? With well, no, Jason? you got you got to set it up. You got to set it up because she's she's the way she's talking about it. She's talking as if Aurora is her daughter, and she's like, and Jason wants to have another child real quick, and I don't know if I want another child. That hasn't happened yet. Oh wait, we're not in that scene. We're Sorry, not guys. there yet. I get it though. You're excited. I am, you want to move ahead. You want to have that second baby. I want to have the spruce goose joke. So <laughs> she basically Blanche is telling the women. How to look younger yes. than oh, you are. Sunglasses, a little more makeup, dimly lit restaurants. Yep. <laughs> change your birth certificate, you know, mock up, come up with a new yearbook, change the dates on your parents' graves. Do you feel your age? That You're is. You're not dating. I am, but. Um, I look younger than I am. Mm. So I, I guess I feel my age, I guess, but I always try to appear older because I mm. feel like a lot of times if people think I'm a lot younger, then I might be inexperienced. I'm in like feeling, I've been having this a lot lately where I've been feeling my age while dating, like mm -hmm. through dating, because like the pool of men has shifted in my reality. And now a lot of younger men are into me because now they view me as like, quote unquote, daddy, because I'm older and I have gray hair and like, or gray hair, my beard and stuff. And, and I'm feeling, and with every sort of like failed love interest or failed love situation, now that I'm 35, I do. I feel my age. And I kind of related to Blanche a little bit. I don't know what it's like to be a 55-year-old trying to date. Sure. But like whenever a relationship ends or whenever something doesn't work out, it's always a little bit like, oh, am I going to be right. 40 and alone? Am I going to be 45 you know and alone? I'll, I'll match that and I'll raise you one. 
And it's funny because Blanche actually says something a little bit about like a little bit later in the episode where she's like, you know, for men in terms of having kids, they, you know, they they don't have to worry about this stuff. Whereas like women, they have a biological clock. So you and I were both 35. Um, I'm in like a three month process of like eating organic and taking supplements and getting, trying to get my body all healthy as I look at a fat burger milkshake in front of me that I shouldn't have had because I'm getting my eggs frozen and like, you have to have super healthy eggs and they take 90 days to mature. So like, I guess I'm feeling my age and that I'm getting my eggs frozen. Yeah, You need to do it. So just cause you know, Stan and I are like not, we're not not ready to have ready to have kids. And it's like at 35, Ladies, you know, you just something to think about. You gotta, um, yeah, you, gotta you know, t- if you proactive. want to eventually, or if you're thinking about it, because uh, down the line, IVF can be a lot more expensive. I've oh. learned. Um, we are old. We are old. It's funny too, because I. But people listening who are older than us are probably like, "Oh, shut, shut up, up, you guys." <laughs> uh, it's funny because, like, my you know, my mom, my sister, I talked to them about it, but my dad doesn't know because he's like 73 and I'm like it's just a whole conversation and we were talking on the phone and I'm going home for Christmas and he's like you know let me know what meals I can make it and I was like oh well I'm eating organic and he's like oh because you're an LA hippie dipshit and I was like well no and I like told him I was like I'm freezing my eggs he literally thought I meant like grocery store eggs he's like you're eating frozen eggs now he's like god you LA kids are weird and I was like no dad and then I told him this is for a child someday yeah I was like no I'm freezing like the egg you know like my ovary eggs and he's like oh okay and then started talking about something else um, oh my god it's so funny every time last time i went home for christmas uh he would like fall asleep watching fox news and i would always like go in and like switch it to msnbc so like <laughs> rachel maddow would play in the background <laughs> slowly slowly uh, getting to him anyway so yes what do you what are your guys's feelings on your age share it Let on us facebook know in the comments. we're gonna have a really sad comment thread <laughs> being like yes i feel old yeah i mean but i love it guys. i mean we we that's what i love about the golden girls community yeah. is that the, we we share things we're in it in a weird way we relate in weird ways to each other it's amazing i know i yeah. just told you guys about my eggs um <laughs> so uh so jason shows up yes to pick up blanche who warns the women if any of them blab <laughs> and, and tell the him old that ladies on the street i know yeah, that's great. Like, that always, no, always use Sophia because she oh, she does she does sneak a f- one in when Jason comes in. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jason comes in and Blanche has Aurora and he's like, "Isn't she the most beautiful mother you've ever seen?" <laughs> Sophia goes, "Grand." Just, just grand. grand. <laughs> she had some zingers. She was good. She um, was good. And he had the he had the the pink ray blockers or whatever yeah, on. Yeah, those like rose colored glasses yeah. that she bought him. Yeah. And then, so we also know that they've been dating for a few weeks. Yes. At this point, so then he like takes a photo of Blanche and Aurora, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, what a nice family." Maybe someday there will be room for me. And Too fast. Red flag. Who knows? Maybe a little one of our own. And I'm like, ay, ay, ay. Too fast. Red flag. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Also, what is Blanche's end game? Yeah. Right? Does Blanche honestly think that she's going to date this man and keep up this charade forever? Like, what is her end game? Well, I don't think she thinks end game. 
That's real dumb. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't think she's thinking that. I think she's thinking very much in the moment. But she does. There are signs that she's thinking Endgame with the scene that's coming up where she's struggling about what to do. I know, but not until he's like, hey, do you want to have another kid? Maybe. I mean. She's probably used to men not sticking around. Maybe. I don't know. You know? Also, on a scale of one to like real, real shitty 10, where does this fall in terms of Blanche being a bad person? That's a great question. I, I mean, yes, she is being very deceptive. Um, and she's using a child <laughs> to, yeah. to, uh, lure a man that said, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's horrible, but I also don't think it's great. I don't know. Because I'm a little torn. We never see. Oh, Nothing sorry. Yeah, right on, We're not doing that. Again. Okay. Yes. Um, I, yeah, it just sucks that we, we never see Blanche like appreciate and look at and talk to Aurora lovingly. Yeah. Well, she, at the end, until, she until she thinks that she's never going to see her again. But that said, no, that said, I will say I was surprised at how in the beginning when Becky came in very suddenly and needed her to babysit, Blanche didn't put up a fight at all, which is a very, you know, maternal thing to do. She, she, she made fun of the name, of course, but she was like, Fine. And she agreed. She took her to the audition. She 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 fessed up to or she like owned up to the thing that she said she was going to do. I and that's so. a very like loving thing to do. She also that's a called selfless her thing to do. Oreo. Well, I mean, yeah, because she hates the fucking name, which I get it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so now we're we're in the scene nighttime that you were referencing yes. earlier where Blanche is sort of behaving and speaking in a way like, I don't know if I'll be ready to have a baby so soon as if this is like a real thing. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And then and then uh and then Dorothy says something where you know she's Blanche is talking in this way and Dorothy was like, "Well, wait a few years and Medicaid will pay, Medicare will pay for it." Yeah. And then Sophia <laughs> goes, "Or have it now, and the Inquirer will pay for it." Uh, that's so funny. And they all. What I even love is Rose gets it. Like mm-hmm. Rose gets the joke. Even yeah. that's the funny thing about it. Yep. It's oh, it's so good. And Blanche is like. uh I feel like the spruce goose. People may visit, play with the controls, but I'll never really fly again. So let me give context to this You joke. and I are both looking at each other really like, I didn't spruce know. Goose. I was a little lost. And then I looked it up and then I was like, oh, wow, I just watched that. It's Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes built this massive, massive plane that was supposed to be used during World War II. And it was built with like U.S. dollars. And there was a whole sort of Senate hearing thing about it. I mean, it was a big deal. And, and it only flew once in 1947, but critics of it called it the spruce goose. I think because a spruce goose, what's the saying? Spruce goose never lays something. It's like a, a chicken that is, doesn't move. Is that a saying? It is a saying. Yeah. There's a saying about a spruce goose something and they will critic. And that's why, cause it was like a lazy uh. bird or something. It just sat there and people could just walk into it. And that was the joke that Blanche was making. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, history fact for well, you guys. History. And also watch The Aviator. That's another good movie. That's what I was watching recently. Yeah. yeah. Or I learned a fun fact today. Or you could watch the Howard Hughes movie Hell's Angel. No, Hell's Angels. <laughs> yes. Which was a movie he produced, which was, um, uh, it, it premiered at the, it's now called the TCL Chinese Theater, but formerly mm-hmm. the uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater here in Hollywood. And it was, they used to do some opulent 
huge movie premieres back in the day. When this yeah. movie premiered, they had bomber jets fly overhead. Well, they had fireworks. Were, that was what movies, movies were everything. It was an experience. I mean, downtown at the Ace, the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles here used to be where Charlie Chaplin premiered all his movies because it was the... Um, I forget the name of the theater at the time, but their company, the production company that they, I think Mary Pickford and Valentino. Mary Pickford was with the Groman's <laughs> Theater, the Chinese theater. I think she might have been also with Charlie Chaplin. Wow. I could be wrong. Good on you, Mary Pickford. Yeah, she was a, she was early one. So Blanche finally comes to her senses when yes. Becky is like, you know, it's... I'm so glad that you're wanting to spend mm-hmm. all this time with Aurora and yeah. it really means a lot to me. And Blanche is like, oh, there's something I got to tell you. And just Which then says Jason a lot about Blanche. By. Says a lot about yeah. Blanche. Yes. The fact that she was, you know, willing to cop to it before she got caught. Yes. yes I think it says a lot about her. And then Jason comes in and she kind of confesses everything to Jason. And, um, and she, she has a bit of vulnerability where she was like, I didn't think you'd want to date a grandmother. Which, I mean... That's a that's a that's a heavy sentence, you know. That's a that's a vulnerable, heavy sentence that her saying, and she says it in a cute kind of way. Mm-hmm. But that's her not only admitting her age and and saying she's old, essentially. But also, I mean, we don't see Blanche like that. Blanche isn't well, vulnerable Blanche in that way. Blanche never wants to be called grandmother. No. like she does not like that. No, and then he Melissa. That's her other granddaughter. Melissa, when they yes. do, yeah, the talent and show. And he says something that no, I would date a grandmother. I just can't date someone I can't trust. Yeah. And then goodbye, Blanche. And he walks out and, and she's just like, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's go like, to the oh, park. Well. But, and yet she was willing to go to this length. But she's like, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, oh, again, uh, can't keep all the men. I wish, I wish I responded to men like that. When men walk out of, on, my, on me. You're just I, like, well, okay. <laughs> because I'm not. I'm like yeah. torn up for weeks. Nothing's right, I'm torn. Stop! Oh, I just need a button that I can press. Yeah, we like on the Rosie O'Donnell show when she used to have that. Do you yes. remember that? The buttons that yeah, she would play? That's yeah. what we need. We need that. Um, and then, you know, and then Blanche um, turns back to Becky and Becky's like, thanks for babysitting. You won't have to do it again. And storms out. And guess what? She doesn't because we never see, we <laughs> yeah, never see never, Becky or, never happens again. or Aurora again. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, out on the lanai nighttime, uh, yes. the women are getting ready to do the festival of dancing virgins on this 152 recipe sauce. 153 now. Yes. Uh, and Dorothy <laughs> isn't going to stay cause she's going to a meeting for Mensa, presumably with Barbara Thorndike. Oh yes. Ugh. Um, I love uh, the Jew hater Rose's joke about St. Olaf's only Italian restaurant. The girls in the boys' room in the girls' room was called Mensa and Girlsa. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me a chuckle. It's good. It's good. Uh, and yeah, Rose added Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. What to are the you sauce. doing? I mean, unless you crunch it up, I was trying to think how Frosted Flakes would work in the sauce. Well, here's what I'll say about like a red sauce. You know, you always want to put a pinch of sugar in it it's true. because it really like brightens the tomatoes. Um, Maybe that did it. Maybe that's what that did. Yeah, it's gonna get soggy. Well, but if you crunch up the Frosted Flakes, like if you really crunch it up to it's like a fine. I like, mean, dust, yes, if you dust them, yeah. And then, then it'll put be it a in. thick, a little bit of a thickener. Yeah. The thing is, we don't know what those other 152 ingredients are. It's true. Is there already a sweet element? Perhaps. 
Yeah, this might be a gross sauce. It sounds like a gross sauce. I challenge any one of you listeners to make a red sauce <laughs> using 152 episodes in, uh, or 152 uh, re- recipes, including frosted flakes. People are just putting DVDs into a pot. Yeah, <laughs> and then tell us about it. How did it taste? Send us the recipes. Yeah, used. Well, I mean, okay. So, like, in a, I've used, I've had. Um, uh, frosted flakes kugel before where you put because you sometimes put yeah but that's supposed to be on that I guess oh I don't know it's gonna be gross that's gonna be gross yeah I don't want to try it yeah but I'm not a big spaghetti person <gasps> I am I'm a big garlic bread sm- like like swap s- swipe up all the the red sauce on the bread you know what I mean I'm that person mop it up mop it up I mop it up but I don't like the actual noodles I don't wow. care about the noodles. Oh, I if love I could just noodles. make a meal of the bread and the sauce, I would yeah, the best. Sop it up. Sop it up. Yeah. So delicious. There's a place by me over here called Palermo's. Yeah. And I get this angel hair pasta, but like literally I barely eat the pasta. I just like separate all the tomatoes and I put it on the garlic bread and uh-huh. I eat it like a like a bruschetta. Actually, I drove by that place on the way here and I it's always good. think of it cuz Sofia references Palermo mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, so Sophia basically breaks the news to Dorothy that she's... You're dumb as fuck. She's, she didn't have the highest IQ. <laughs> yeah. she, what did she say? She had 173? Yeah. I think it's like 140 that's massive. is I think genius. That's, I think that's like Sharon Stone level math. Like she's a, she's a Mensa person. Oh. Yeah. And so is uh, Gina Davis, I think. They're uh, like really smart. Gina Davis is the best. She really is. I, I saw her at Starbucks once wearing a, wearing a... One of the what? What's what was the sweatpants that had the name on the butt? Juicy. Yeah, she had a juicy sweatpants on. Oh. Yeah, and UGGs. I, I think Fraser might have a hairball. Oh, uh, he's probably coughing. He's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah there's a bit of wheezing he's going fine. on. He's okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Sophia tells Dorothy. She's like, look, but you, you know. You were able to handle your 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 students, your honor students. Yeah. And Dorothy wants decides she wants to learn how to make the sauce next year. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That was sweet. That was really sweet, actually, when they got together. And, and, and also, uh, uh, um, Sophia uses it as a, when Becky shows up, she uses the, it's a nice, they, they connect the two stories really well. Oh, yeah. We didn't even finish their story. Yeah. So, like, they, so, so Becky shows up because Blanche is feeling really low. She's feeling, like, low as fuck because of it. Oh, buddy. And, and she, uh. She's she's saying how like she wants to talk, but Becky doesn't want to talk. And then Becky comes over to get the rest of Aurora's stuff. And Blanche asks like, you know, to see her or something. I forget what. And and she goes off to get the rest of the stuff. And then Sophia tells the story about the sauce and why it's so important. And it's about the mothers and the daughters getting together. And it's about dancing and eating and passing it on to generations. And then she turns to Becky and says, don't lose don't 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 lose your daughter's opportunity to have a relationship with her grandmother, and yeah. it's a really poignant, mm-hmm. sweet, and it's nice that they connect those two stories. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I it really is loved nice. it. Yeah, and then of course that Blanche comes back out. <laughs> You're having a field day with with Fraser's hairball, aren't you? I feel bad. He's also, is a... anything gonna come out? No, it usually doesn't. <laughs> Focus. Oh God, I can't. So, can you hear that? No, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now people are going to be listening for it. <laughs> so uh, Blanche comes back out, and 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 Blanche says, "Can I kiss her goodbye?" And 
you know, Becky, no. Becky's like, no, we're not going anywhere. Give me that baby. Give me that baby. baby. And then we never saw her again. Yeah. And then she's never coming yeah, back. Yeah, fun episode. It actually was. I really liked the episode a lot. I was into it. However. Yeah. I'm even more excited about the next episode we're watching. What's the next episode? Witness. The Cheese Man. <gasps> We finally get to the cheese man. That's great. That's very exciting, actually. Yes. I, and the return of Miles. Yeah. Wow. Miles, Arnie. Whatever Nick, his name is now. Samuel. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like Miles. I don't think, I don't think I like Miles. I think I'm over That's Miles. okay. Yeah. That's okay. What's your golden takeaway for this episode? My golden takeaway from this episode is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I I I can relate to Blanche so much when it comes to dating and and uh I tend to I I feel like I'm an attractive put together person, you know what I mean? I have a good home, I have a good life, I have good friends, mm-hmm. I have cable. Um so these are all attractive things about me and I often feel when I am out in sort of, you know, the hunt mode, I have to make myself sound even better than I am. And, and because you want to woo someone, you want to make someone like you better than think, or have them think you're better than, than you actually maybe are when you really are just kind of great the way you are. So embrace who you are. If you were single and looking for love, like be yourself, do the things that come natural to you. Don't put on, what is it called? Don't put on air. What is it? Like, don't put on like a false front. Just sort of like be yourself. And that's my golden takeaway. That's a great golden takeaway. Thank you. It's something that I need to do myself. Um, I think my golden takeaway is... <sighs> don't... <laughs> this is heavy for you. Don't ever put too many ingredients into a recipe. Simple is better. Yes, I agree. I I recently tried, and I'm not going to name them, but I recently tried a meal delivery service. Mm. Why aren't you going to name them? Because I don't want to... Are they bad? I don't want to put anybody on blast. Oh. (laughs) I recently tried a meal delivery service. Not Blue Apron. Everybody's like, oh, she's talking about Blue Apron. Not Blue Apron. No. Um... And the, first of all, the meals that it came with all had a shit ton of ingredients Mm. to the point where I made something and it was like a shrimp with a whole thing with capers and a whole thing. And then a hash that had a shit ton of ingredients and then you put them together and then you sprinkle this other shit on top and raw walnuts and whatever. And it was so many ingredients and so much stuff that it just did, did not taste good. So yeah. simple is better. Simple is better. My dinner was um, with Andre. Heyo. Heyo. No, my dinner was uh, and it's Tuesdays so, with Maury. It's, okay, I'm done. Ah, <laughs> it was so simple, and I love that. It's like Brussels sprouts, tofu, garlic, olive oil, salt and pepper, sautéed balsamic vinegar on top of it. Put some Parmesan cheese. Boom. That's my meal. It's yeah. so good. So See, good. That's good. Yeah. So. What do they say? K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. This was a great episode. I great enjoyed episode. it. I did too as well. This Guys, was fun. thank you so much for listening to thank today's you. episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening every week. Yes. 
We appreciate it. And we're sorry that we're sometimes late. We just have lives happening right now. Yeah, I'm just going to have to. I get so stressed out and I always post messages. Just we're, just let's put this out as a blanket for every episode from now to the end of time moving forward. We were always going to try to put episodes out on Tuesday morning. Yeah. If they come a little bit later in the week, we'll try to let you know. But if we don't. Don't hate and, us. And nobody has sent me any messages no. being like, hey, what's up? But um, it's just because right now we're our work schedule. We're just very, very busy, but we're trying very, very hard. We promise. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Like I came in, I'm in full makeup right now. I have fake eyelashes on in your yeah, apartment. You look great. Because <laughs> I came from work and I've never come over here with fake eyelashes I, on. This, I'm going out tonight. So this is my going out outfit. Oh, I'm going home. Mm. Anyway. Nice. Yay. You well, guys can follow the podcast at outonthelanai.com. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to make a donation to the podcast, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate, mm-hmm. where you can make a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation. That is so true. Via Patreon. That or is true. if uh, you can't uh, send money, but you still want to support the podcast, you can leave us a nice rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Where can they find us on social medias? Oh, they can go to the Golden Girls pod on the Twitzers and on the Facebook sees you can go to facebook.com slash golden girls podcast. And before we go into that, I was going to propose something. So Mirage, like, we do you have a ring and a potato. You and I have talked about like wanting to take the show on the road and wanting to do things or, you know, trying to like get to cities. I, I think that we should hear from you guys about what cities we should actually go to. Where should we go? And, if there's venues there, if there's an audience there, if there's things, reach out to us. Let us know what's out there because it's hard to plan sort of a show and where we can go and what we can do. And, of course, then we have to fundraise for it. Right. So if you guys have thoughts on that, we would love to hear from you. If you're in, especially if you're in major cities like New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, we try to hit regions that people can get to sort yeah. of. Um, and if you have ideas or, or suggestions or whatever – Reach out to us on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we want to go out on a bang. Yeah. Yeah. But not that kind. Ooh, no, not gross. that kind of bang. Uh, Ew. Ew. Ooh, no, I'm no, Fraser. Made it gross. And um, you guys can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Squid Eat Squid. And on Instagram, I'm at Squidzy. And um, I'm Michelle and Scott on everything, unfortunately. <laughs> And you guys can catch um, new episodes of the IMDb show every Friday. So a new one will be coming out this Friday. We interviewed Alan Tudyk, Mm. uh, amazing actor, does so many voices. Um, Yeah, it's really fun. People listening to this from a year from now are going to be like, I really want to see that interview. Where can I find it? Well, I'm sure it'll still be on IMDb somewhere. It may even be streaming on Amazon at that point. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see. You guys can watch me on um, nothing. You can go to Snapchat. Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) You can see me there. Or Instagram. Go to Instagram. I'm using Instagram more. And I'm I'm, I'm posting all kinds of thirst traps. I'm I'm experimenting (laughs) with thirst traps. You're posting TTs? Yeah. I'm experimenting with it as a as a as um, a means of seeing what gets more likes. It's interesting. Cool. Well, let us know on next week's episode how it's going. I will. I okay. will. Thank and you. And in the meantime, I think we should all stay, stay golden. golden. Uh, yeah. I stand by the mile, I am